0: Blog Talk Radio Hi, this is Jaikar and it is October sixth, two thousand sixteen, so it's ten six sixteen. Um and welcome. Um, I'm just all excited. I, <laughs> I I'm able to walk with using both of my feet for the first time in a year and I just was outside and it's a glorious New England fall day and And I'm like, I don't have to use my crutches to walk in the grass and over the gravel. And oh, my God, the things you become grateful for when you don't have them. Um, But uh, uh, so welcome, as I said, today's show is Women's Grace and Grit. What are you not saying for fear of dealing with it? This is one of my favorite topics. Um. I, as you can tell, I have lots of favorite topics because, it, it, you know, one of the things I do is I help uh, the people I work with break down, first of all, what is not working in their life, and then we basically build what they want by making choices and decisions and learning um, new patterns and skill sets for creating what they do want. But one of the things that's important is, you know, how should I put it? People will come in and say, oh, I feel overwhelmed or I feel sad or I feel depressed. And then my job, one of my, one of the parts of my job is to help them, again, kind of what I call bite size, um, what's going on. So it doesn't feel so hopeless and it doesn't feel so, they don't feel so helpless and it doesn't feel overwhelming. And they don't feel like, you know, what's wrong with them. Everybody else seems to be able to, you know, have a relationship that uh, works or, you know, wake up and be happy for the day um and so one of the things that is really really um prevalent in um in people feeling helpless and hopeless about making things different is not speaking up and um our minds are very tricky um and people who have worked with me or have listened to me or you know are familiar with me know me to be very clear that our minds are a great tool and they're a terrible master, meaning that um, in the Western civilization, especially in the Western um, cultural norms, we are taught that if we think it, it's true. If we think it, it's real. If we think it, um, we have to do something about it. And in the Eastern or Oriental way of looking at the mind, um, it's considered a wonderful tool, but um, also a... um, Uh, a reality, Um, our thoughts are something to not accept at face value, to not always believe and to understand for every negative thought there's a positive thought, for every positive thought there's a negative thought and our job as a human being on our purpose, in our destiny, living our soul's journey is to be the arbitrator, the negotiator, the mediator between the positive and negative thoughts and choose thoughts um, which then direct our actions, choose thoughts which are aligned with our values for creating a life that makes us happy and feel, feel satisfied. When we look outside of ourselves for guidance on how to be happy, how to be satisfied, how to be fulfilled, we're looking at other people's individual truths. There are universal truths, but there are mostly individual truths. And, and what I'm saying by that is a choice in one set of circumstances will be a positive choice, whereas that choice in a different circumstance will be a negative choice. But the choice itself is really reliant upon the circumstances and the goal. For example, <laughs> um, you know, um, the old um, ethical question of if you're starving, is it okay to steal food? Um If you're not starving, is it okay to steal food? So, do you understand the question in its context will create a different answer that you probably can step behind? If you're starving to death, most people will say, yes, it's okay to steal. Um, It's an ethical uh, lapse, but it's for the purpose of staying alive, um, which um, is a good thing. Um, Whereas, if you're stealing because you're bored, you're depressed, you're self-sabotaging, you're um, angry at the shop owner, or whatever, that's not a good choice. So one of the things that um, speaking up does is make it very clear where we stand. And that's really scary to people because, not because they don't want other people to know where they stand, but because they themselves don't know where they stand. So What you are not saying for fear of dealing with it is really, you know, a fear of saying something that that you don't even know if you can stand behind. It may be what you are triggered into feeling. It may be one of your reactions. It may be a bad mood. It may be, you know, a fear about loss of relationship or of inclusion. But unless you know where you stand, you can't speak up. So let me read today's um, write up and then I'll talk a little more about this. What's unspoken has so much power and your choice to not speak up costs you more than you believe. While you may tell yourself it's not a big deal or it really won't make any difference if you don't say anything, the truth is you are afraid of what speaking up will cost you. And while that may be so, not speaking up usually costs you more in the long run. Point being, if you don't know what you stand for, you won't have a leg to stand on. The world needs women to speak up. Playing small, staying safe offers you promises of safety, promises of safety and acceptance, which simply are often not true in reality. The cost of betraying yourself by staying silent is a price paid by not only you, but the health of your relationships and those who count on your guidance and leadership. For example, um, your partner, your marriage partner, your committed relationship partner, your children, um, your boss, your employees. Um, Join me as I talk um, about how to realize more of the power of your being a woman and the person counted on by your relationships and your communities. Learn how what's unspoken keeps you from accepting yourself, others, and has helped the world, and has helped us create the world, which we know is sorely in need of healing. So, um, <laughs> going back to that first paragraph, speaking, not speaking, not not saying what you feel, not saying what you know, not saying what you stand for, costs you more in the long run than what you are afraid of. So. For example, when you don't know what you stand for, when you don't know what you really are committed to and what you, what is really not important to you, you cannot show up in the world in strength and congruity for yourself, for your relationships, and for your the purpose of which your soul has come to travel this earth. When you don't stand for yourself when you don't stand for what is true for you that's where the confusion that's where the helplessness and hopelessness begins to get a foothold because if you are unable to essentially be in your purpose and be in your own life as as you were born to be and to to affect the people that you are in relationship with whether they it's always a a comfortable effect or not how many of us have the experience of you know people that we can look back in our past and think of wow what an impact you know how important that 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 person was how important it was what they said um even if it wasn't comfortable at the time you know uh, this 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 culture of i of i need it to feel good i need to like it i need it to make me happy is really a very young cultural message. It's it's the kind of message a toddler or young child would put forth. It's not the truth of of a mature and um rich life. And, you know, I think often of um you know, I was one of these kids that was blessed with genes that made school work pretty easy and, you know, grades good grades pretty easy to come by. And what happened was, you know, I got to fourth grade and I'm in, you know, language arts and I get back a paper that's got a C on it. And I freaked because, you know, I don't get Cs. And I went up to the teacher and I said, yeah, I think you've made a mistake. And she said, no, actually, somebody. this is what should have happened before now. And I am going to help you get that C to an A, but you're going to have to work really hard for it. And I remember her just leaning on me and leaning on me about how I wrote and how I was lazy and how you know, no, she wasn't going to just let me get away with what I had been, you know, graced with for up until fourth grade. And to this day, I remember her, I can remember her face, I can remember her hair, you know, and just being so angry at her, you know, how dare she do this? And how, who does she think she was? And, and now I'm, you know, incredibly grateful for what she put me through, because I, you know, I became a much better writer. I I appreciated the English language and the care that, a good writer or a poet um, is taking in writing something that brings me pleasure or brings me an experience, and it taught me a really important lesson, which is sometimes the things that are the best in your life are not the more comfortable, and they're not satisfying to that, that this belief in it, I should like it, it should be easy, it should make me happy, Um And so that's part of what we're dealing with, especially for women who are told, you know, be nice and be quiet. Um, (laughs) And being nice is being quiet. And being quiet is graceful. Or being quiet is, you know, making sure everybody gets along or blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, it's really, really important. I can't tell you the number of men who are, you know, in a relationship that's in trouble. And you know, I'll have, I'll get the woman to say, you know, it's really important to me, you know, that he give me a hug when he comes in through the door. And I, and I'll turn to the man and I'll say, did you even know that? And he looks at me totally like, you know, anxious and confused. And he's like, no, I had no idea. She never said that to me. And, you know, I'll look at the woman and she'll go, well, he should just know that. And I look at her and say, no, he shouldn't. Um, That's your job. And, you know, and there it is. If he really loved me, he would guess, you know, he'd be (laughs) accurately intuitive um, and know what makes me happy and wrong. And this is part of where we are as women. We need to speak up. People are not always intuitive about another person. People are not necessarily... You know, we don't come loaded with X-ray capabilities for another person's thoughts of what makes them happy. We need to speak up. If we speak up and, you know, if this man after six months after her speaking up and saying, you know, a a hug makes everything right and and changes my mood and I'm all good, you know, and if that man chose to not take that information and put it into use, well, okay. Now, now I can look at him and say, "You got a problem <laughs> that you want to be with a, you know, a, a bitchy woman at the at end end of your day." Talk to me about what that's about. But you know, it's just it's just amazing. It's every couple I've ever worked with. We get to that point where he's like, "I really didn't know that." And how long have you been married? 18 years, 14 years, 22 years. So, number one, we we disable. Our, um, we disable our relationships when we, when we don't speak up. We disable what the world needs, which is our leadership, when we don't speak up. Um, we disable a lot. And um, I, I, you know, I just, I've got to wrap it up because I'm out of time, but I want you to think about where do you disable people from knowing who you are, supporting who you are, welcoming who you are. That's all for today, and I'll be back next week. Blessings.